Well, thank you everyone so much for joining another episode of the She Rises Studios podcast. My name is Adriana Luna Carlos, and I'm one of the CEOs and founders of She Rises Studios. I'm so excited to be introducing Miriam Martinez. So if you can, Miriam, tell everyone who you are and what you do and where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So my name is Miriam Martinez, and I am a licensed psychotherapist and art therapist and a women's midlife strategist. And I have over almost 20 years experience actually working in the field of mental health, specifically with women around issues of stress, uh, self-inadequacy, and self-identity. Um, I'm originally from Panama, actually. I'm an immigrant to the U.S. and came here when I was a child. And I immigrated into San Francisco and have lived in the Bay Area ever since, uh, currently in the North North Bay area. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit how you got into the mental health and, and where it's brought you to today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share that story. So I've all, I always had a passion for humans. Um, I remember being in high school and taking like an initial psychology class, you know, and it feeling like very, like a revelation, like, wow, okay, so I can maybe understand how people work, you know, because I'm a pretty sensitive person and, and I couldn't understand people, <laughs> you know, basically I was getting my feelings hurt all the time and all kinds of things as a kid, you know? And so psychology made me feel like I could have a language, you know, for a human being that I could understand. And so it started from a very young age and, you know, I, I worked my way through college, you know, I'm a kind of a classic immigrant story, you know, uh, did everything myself pretty much. Um, and ended up being a preschool teacher for a while, still having the hopes that I could go to grad school, you know, and become a therapist. And there was a program that opened up close by that was a double master's in marriage and family therapy and art therapy. And so that was like, okay, art, you know, this is something that's really intriguing and I'm really curious, you know, and all that stuff. Um, I'm not an artist myself. I'm not a trained artist. I've never considered myself an artist, but because I was working with kids, um, I could see the value, you know, of art making and I could visualize myself working with kids in a, th in a therapeutic setting. But what was interesting about that journey, you know, that still um, impacts, you know, how I work with women today is that I went into it um, a little bit arrogant. Like I could do art, you know, with people or art therapy with people but I didn't need to know anything about art. <laughs> so <laughs> the requirement was to have six units of art, understandably, you know, and it was the best like gift that could have ever happened to me, you know, because art and creativity is a form of tapping into your deepest self, you know, your deepest senses, your psyche. Mm -hmm. um, and it has access to many parts of ourselves that we can't always verbalize or connect to, you know, and so between diving into my own art making and going through the program, you know, and actually being an art therapist and practicing, um, I just came to really appreciate the process of creativity and how healing it is for people, you know. And in the process of becoming a therapist, you know, I work with all kinds of people. You know, I work with Latino immigrants. I work with domestic violence. I work with just everything under the sun, you know, during my training and all that kind of thing. Uh, but eventually I went into business for myself, uh, opening a private psychotherapy practice. And I really focused um, my practice on working with children and parents. And my vision around that was helping parents um, be 
in a good way with their kids, you know, developing healthy attachment and having a good relationship and that all that, you know, contributes to mental health for all. And so I did that, you know, and I'm still doing that. I have my private practice um, that's very full and I, I don't need to take any more clients there for sure, certainly around the pandemic. Um, but mm-hmm. during the course of working, you know, t- um, in that field, in that way, I started to feel really limited, you know, in, in the ways that I could work. You know, I operate under a license um, and I have a governing board and all that, which is great, you know, that that keeps therapists in check. but it also felt very limiting, you know, in the way that I could work with women. And so it seemed like a really natural transition to move into life coaching and develop more expansiveness, you know, in the way that I work with women, you know, and certainly around the pandemic, when we all were forced to go online, whether we were doing it or not. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those that was not, (laughs) I was definitely forced into it. Um, It kind of, you know, opened up this other world. I was like, oh, wait, I could like talk to anybody anywhere in the world. This is amazing, you know, and I want to spread my word. And I, I want, I want to touch as many women as possible. You know, so it was a perfect blessing um, to have the pandemic happen in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made it easier for me to get comfortable with the medium as, as I got comfortable with transitioning into my second business, which is my life coaching business. What a beautiful story. I mean, very well said as well, you know, getting the grasp and seeing the transition there. I was able to visualize this in the order that you presented it. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's beautiful. And I, I don't think it was any type of an arrogance. If anything, it was that confidence. You had that drive within you to go after what it is you wanted, even if you thought you weren't the best in art. And that's okay. A lot of individuals are not, but you find comfort in being uncomfortable in some ways. So pushing yourself and, and you did that. So that that's amazing. Um, I love this title that we're, that you have for us. So it's living a life with more ease, wild stress busters for high achieving women. So tell us about why this is the title of this podcast here today. Oh my goodness. Even just hearing the title, like makes my heart flutter, right? Because this is such a passion for me. It is so important for me, um, that women understand how valuable and really just imperative it is to practice self-care, you know, and mm-hmm. stress is something that affects so many women, obviously, right? We carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, <laughs> right? Um, we, we do everything for everybody. We are, you know, looking all the time at, what else we can do, what more we can be doing, you know, and in my experience of working with women, like the stress levels just were through the roof, you know, and part part of what I didn't share in my journey is my own personal journey, right? And in my mental health, wellness, um, learning how to care for myself, getting out of that cycle myself of doing everything for all and putting myself last, you know, et cetera. So I think for, for, for me, you know, the number one goal is for, is for women to embrace what I call their womanity, <laughs> which is yeah. embracing that you are a human, right? And so with stress, the number one thing that I like for women to understand is that stress is a physiological experience, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of messaging out there you know, around like say mindset or, you know, certain practices that are like, you know, like you're going to just beat stress. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I think sometimes that gives the wrong impression and sets up a very unrealistic expectation for women, you know, that somehow they're not going to be stressed. Like they have to practice all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be stressed. And then when they are stressed, they're really hard on themselves. Yeah. Right. Really, really hard on themselves, you know, and they feel like they're failing and I'm not doing enough, you know, and here comes all of the negative thinking and negative, you know, energy and stuff. And I, I think that adds, you know, more stress onto your body, you know. So when I say that stress is physiological, it's it's just a response that our body is having to our environment, right? That's how our body mm-hmm. is built. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful system, you know, when you really stop and think about it. Our nervous system is here to alert us to what's going on in our environment, you know. Mm-hmm. The problem with our brain, though, is that it kind of knows like two two gears. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm safe, or I'm not, mm-hmm. and that's like really vague and very black and white, right? Yeah. So it could be, you know, um, somebody running a stop sign and you and you having to brake hard. That's going to send you into that survival mode, right? It could be um, your calendar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at all your to-dos list that can send you into that survival mode right so it's nothing that anybody is doing wrong it's just that our nervous system is responding to our environment and sometimes when it gets a little bit overwhelmed right it triggers our survival response and we go into that fight flight or freeze stuff you know and and fighting looks like you know kind of anger kind of maybe conflict you know that kind of a thing and flying you know feels more like overwhelm and you're kind of running away, whether you're staring at your phone or alcohol, drugs, shopping, whatever, right? But freeze is interesting because freeze is what actually happens when we feel stuck. So again, women feel like I'm doing something wrong. Why do I feel stuck? And it's like, it's just your body. Mm -hmm. Your body is just going through something. I don't know why it thought that particular document was a tiger you know but it did (laughs) (laughs) it did think that and so now it's responding right and so you are doing nothing wrong your body is just having a response right so that to me is like such a big first step in managing your stress because if you can just go oh my body's having a human response right Mm -hmm. instead of beating yourself up (laughs) That's going to be very important, right? Because what people don't understand is that when we're hard on ourselves and we're beating up on ourselves, our nervous system gets activated again, right? And it's confused because its host is attacking it. Yeah. It it doesn't doesn't understand. You're saying it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm having aha moments in the background. So just (laughs) bear with me here. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I know these things, but for, you know how you just. Yes. Yeah, when you explain it so thoroughly and you you make it make sense with our because we are humans and we yeah. we have evolved and, and we understand or we don't understand sometimes we forget but where we came from and why our bodies are wired this way. Yeah, so yeah. you're trying to break through those barriers and helping people recognize don't fault yourself for what you are born to how you know how your body reacts so yeah. how your body is wired actually you mm-hmm. know to beautifully protect you you know in a lot of different ways and it's just we ha- and i don't know that we ever will but it just hasn't evolved to that point where it knows yeah. how to differentiate you know it just doesn't and so we have to be really patient with ourselves around that 
right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to think certain things are a tiger chasing you, and it's not. <laughs> Clearly, it's not, right? Because there's not that it's not here, and so a lot of that reality testing is important too. So, a second yeah. tip I would offer, you know, is that because our nervous system is in this fight or flight, we have to help ourselves through the stress cycle, right? So it's a stress cycle. Uh-huh. We go up, but we come down. Mm-hmm. But if we if we don't process that, right, and then we're hard on ourselves and then we stay in that stuckness and our body's like really in that for a long time and that's not healthy, right? Our bodies are meant to experience stress like in short spurts, like literally a tiger chasing us, you know what I mean, for like a little mm-hmm. while and then we find a safe place. That's like as much as our body is programmed to do, but mm-hmm. we run it in that way all day. Interesting. So how does art and creativity help with with stress management? Well, that's my favorite part because again, and I label myself a stick figure artist (laughs) so that everybody can like relax about art and creativity, you know, because everybody freaks out and especially women, I notice, you know, because of all of our self doubt, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not artistic. I'm not creative. They're like kind of freaking out. And I'm like, no, you are. It's Mm -hmm. just part of being a woman. Mm -hmm. We are by nature creative beings. And so we're not tapping into that in some way, right? Then we're not helping our system flow, Mm -hmm. right? So when I do like my, my online webinars and stuff, I will do a demonstration of just a simple doodle, right? Just kind of like... I got to get this energy out of my body. So I'm just going to doodle, doodle, doodle. Maybe, maybe I'll go at a really fast rate because my body wants to go at a really fast rate. Maybe I'll go slow because I want to slow that down a little bit, maybe a little bit of both. And the beauty of that practice is that your body is going to guide you. It's going to do it for you. It will bring you out of that survival mode and kind of back into reality where you're like, okay, phew. Okay, that was not that bad. Okay, nothing, nobody's dying. Everything is fine, right? It's, it's just that I have this really long to-do list and it's a little overwhelming, you know, say, for example, right? So that's a really important part of, of getting yourself out of that stress is moving your body through art and creativity. I use a lot of watercolor because you can just swoosh the watercolor around back and forth, back and forth, and it's very mesmerizing. So mm-hmm. art and creativity can be meditative if you're actually spending time doing this then you're spending time with yourself Mm -hmm. right you're taking like a moment to care for yourself in that moment it helps clear emotions out of your body right because we want to make sure we release that so it doesn't stay in our body and cause illness right so there's just so many benefits to that practice but it's a very important thing for women to remember um that moving your body is something that's going to help you get out of that stress stress cycle yeah. that you're in, you know, and in some I, way. I see a lot of videos, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and they always say that the caption is satisfying, you know, because they, you're seeing something of color or, oh. you know, you know what I'm talking about. I feel like you feel what I'm talking totally, about. Totally, <laughs> totally. You know, and, and that's one of the mini stress busters that I, that I say to women, like take little mini vacations during the day. Uh-huh. Look at beautiful art on the internet or look at some, you know, some beautiful landscapes or, you know, that's something that can take you like 30 seconds that can completely change the wiring in your brain Mm -hmm. and reset you. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? So that you can keep going. I mean, one of one of the things that that I share with my clients oftentimes and with everyone really that I can because it's such an interesting way to think of ourselves as animals, you know, because at the end mm-hmm. of the day we are. If there's an antelope that's out in the in the wild, right, and it gets pounced on by a lioness, it's got those three options, right? Bite, flight, or freeze. Well, probably the safest thing is to freeze, right? Because it's not going to get away from the lioness and it's certainly not going to fight against it, right? So when it freezes and plays dead and the lioness goes to get her crew for the buffet, right? While the lioness is gone, the antelope kind of slowly gets up. It's a little bit crippled, you know, but Mm -hmm. it does this like really, really fast shake, you know, and if anybody has owns a dog, you've you've seen them do that really, really fast kind of wiggly shake, right? Mm -hmm. And so the antelope does that so that it can clear all that trauma out of its body and be able to function normally again. And then they can run like it was healthy again, right? So if the antelope doesn't do that, then it's weak. All that trauma is stuck in its body, right? And it it can't run in the same way. So it will likely fall, you know, to being attacked again. Yeah. So that's, that's how it applies to us. We mm-hmm. have to shake it. We have to get it out of our body, help ourselves through the stress cycle so that then we can operate at a, at a healthier function, functional level. So would you say that maybe sometimes being a little like intentionally messy or destructive and, and obviously non-harmful ways, but like, you know, to release that tension, would you yeah, say that that's absolutely. something that that's, that's why That's why something like doodling is so cool because there's no pressure Right. And even if you just had any kind of paint, there's no pressure to make anything. That's the beauty of it. You're just moving stuff around on a piece of paper, you know, and just noticing the difference in your nervous system when you do that and how soothing and calming it feels, you know. I mean, the next level up to that is that sometimes what emerges on the page is very telling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. you might kind of discover something about yourself or about a situation that you're in. So it just gets better and better, <laughs> in my opinion, as you go, you know. But yeah, it's a very valuable tool. What are some benefits of self-love and compassion that, you know, besides the, I I guess some of the basic things, but like that you feel provide, um, what are some of those benefits? Well, I think, you know, for me, and even in my journey, because when I first started reading Kristen Neff's work and she's the guru of self-compassion, you know, I was like, this would be really great for my clients. (laughs) I wasn't even like applying it to myself yet because it is kind of an overwhelming concept, right? Because Mm -hmm. women are so conditioned to think negatively of themselves, you know? So it is a practice is what I want to say, you know, first and foremost. Um, It's not like a destination, you know? It's a practice that we have to keep going with. But I think the number one benefit of self-compassion and loving yourself, you know, is that it regulates our nervous system. And so then that helps us be healthier overall because all of these systems work together, you know, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, our spiritual health, these systems work together, right? So if we constantly badger ourselves, then we're in that stress cycle all the time. And remember our body is not meant for that. That's not good for our bodies, right? It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we practice self-compassion, right? When something's already hard, then we, we decrease <laughs> all of that adrenaline and, and cortisol instead of increasing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ooh, there's a lot that we kind of went over. It was, I think it's going to be really eye-opening or I should say ear-opening since we're going to be listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> but to kind of like really soak in what this message was, listen to what Miriam was talking about, help it find the connections in, in the day-to-day that you're, that you were going through and putting the pieces together, make it make sense for you. That's what I would kind of say. Before we head out of here, can you tell us a little bit about some of the programs that you have and where people can find you? Oh, yes, absolutely. And and thanks for that little disclaimer at the end, too, because sometimes when people listen to podcasts or read blogs or whatever, it's it can sound very um, like a like a recipe. You know, mm-hmm. if you just do this, this and this, you know, and I want to make sure everybody listening understands that it is indeed a practice and you do have to tailor it right for yourself and your own personal needs. So thank you for saying that. Um so people can find me. Um, they can go to my website at Miriam Martinez Coaching. I have a very unique spelling with my first name, which is an M-Y instead of an M-I. Um, people can find me on Instagram under Miriam Martinez Coaching. You can find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And, you know, in June, I actually have an offering coming up that is all around addressing the inner saboteur. So we're going to focus a lot on, you know, this negative self-thinking and how we can start moving away from it and how that, again, improves our well-being and our overall ease of our lives. And and I think that's like, you know, we go back to the title of, of, of my talk. This is how we create more ease. Not that life is easy. Life is already hard. So we don't need to make it any harder on ourselves. Yes. I love it. I cannot wait. I want to learn more. So we'll um, put some links into the description so the ladies can easily find it. Thank you so much, Miriam, for joining us here today. It was such a pleasure. And I cannot wait to look more into your programs, what you have to offer, and really just learn about the concepts that you're teaching women. I think it's amazing. So I want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.